welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of Kayfabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined once again by the Kayfabe crew, Jesse Baker and Wex, Mr. Breaking the Lawson. Jesse, how you doing, bro? Dude, I am doing just fine. We got to save our stages at fucking pass this week. Yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, does a lot for the music venues in town, which obviously is what I do. So very excited about that. I'm in great spirits, man. Love it, love it. Wex, how you feeling, buddy? Hey, I'm feeling great, man. I'm really looking forward to Christmas this year. It's going to be fun, you know, just in good spirits, like Jesse said, feeling good, feeling great. Nice. Yeah, you got that fresh cut, looking nice and slick. Love it, love it. Well, uh, let's talk about something that was not so slick. Our choice to pick NWA TNA number three, the very first pay-per-view emanating from our very own Nashville, Tennessee, in the Municipal Auditorium. Boys, let's talk about just this open here. Uh, yeah, the open was just weak as hell with uh, Tanay and West and Ferreira and President Jim Miller just sweaty as hell, uh, <laughs> making an announcement about how he was in Japan like several times. Like, I mean, I, I really don't even know what the purpose of his whole promo was really. But uh, Wex, what do you think about that cold open? Yeah, I was, I was kind of like eh, on that one. I think his whole thing he was kept trying to put over because the next pay per view's opponent was a guy from Japan, but he oversold it like and they oversold that throughout the night pretty much yeah. but i was just kind of like hey, i'm not very excited for what's here to come no definitely not jesse what'd you think i mean don west looking like he bought a suit from jim Cornette from 1987 he's got the worst spray tan on fucking earth he is not in prime don west form quite yet but what's worse Ed Ferrara is looking like the auxiliary percussionist from fucking Corn. God damn it. It's the absolute worst, like With the, the worst three-man table look ever. And, and today, just in the penguin suit, which is normal, but somehow because of these two fucking assholes, looks way out of place. It looks like they're all in costume. It looked like they were all like in costume. Like, he looks like show. Raz from Tim and Eric, the Jamaican guy, if y'all have ever seen that skit. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of. Yes, that's pretty. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty accurate for sure. Um, yeah, let's get to the first match here on the card though. It's AMW versus the Johnsons. Uh, Jesse, tell me what. Tell me how you got through this one, bud. There's just so much to digest here. Yes. AMW obviously very fresh faced in this instance. James Storm just looking like a young little kiddo baby. The uh, the prop guns in Municipal Auditorium. Talk about some shit that would not fly right now. Would, that would not fly. Dude, this, this is pre. Uh, this is pre. Like, what is that? White shark that like burned down a club. Yeah, uh, great white. Great white. Great white. Yeah. Great white. Oh shit. The um, it, it it was very. I love Mortimer Plumtree, dude. The, the to me, he was the saving grace of this match entirely. The Johnsons, obviously a riff on the ding dongs from the old back in the day yeah. Crockett stuff, and it, it was. The match in and of itself is just straight trash. I mean, there's really nothing to report home here. I mean, you could see the AMW guys trying, but they're so young. They hadn't really been together very much before oh, this, to my so understanding. So green. And it was – what's funny, though, the Johnsons, you know, were Jim and I from the WWE in the very failed run of Mike Bucci, a.k.a. Nova, a.k.a. Simon Dean, bringing in these gigantic twin dudes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that's uh, Rod and Dick Johnson. Oh. Johnsons. That's Rod <laughs> and Dick Johnson. Uh, how many beers are you on this one, Jesse? I'm giving it one simply because of Mortimer Plumtree. 
Okay, one beer for Mortimer. I really thought it was great. Wex, break it down. I mean, literally the first thing that I said and my first note just says, the fucking Johnsons. That's, like, exactly how I reacted to that. I was just like, (laughs) oh, my God, are you serious? Like, the flesh-colored suits and everything. Like, honestly, I didn't think it was a terrible match because you could tell that AMW were, like, actually trying pretty hard. Like, you could tell they were really giving it their all. And, like, they had that cool little finish with the little drop kick land on the top. But the end of the match, like, that choke slam, like, bot, like, botch. Oh, like, God. I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? I was like, if this is what the opening of this pay-per-view is going to be, I was like, I'm just, we're, gonna get, we're in for a shit show here. And I'm just going to go with Jesse, too. I'm just going to give it one beer just, just for the fact that it was just fucking ridiculous. Just for the sheer bullshit of the match i guess like it was just yeah i mean dude okay amw versus the johnson these fucking turds man like literally um they were so bad okay so so james and chris like the reason why they got together in the first place is because they're both nashville kids and they were both like they had just had a run like wildcat was like the up-and-coming baby face and james storm was like cocky cowboy heel and it, they had a pretty decent little fairgrounds run as a, like against each other, and they just put them together as a tag team. Bert was like, "Oh, here, take my two top guys and put them on your card or whatever," you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was literally wrestling these dudes at this time, so like, um, it's fun. It's funny. It's fun for me to see this because obviously they progress significantly, especially James Storm. But like, to be able to see, especially like. I don't know if you noticed the way he threw punches here where he like kind of slaps his arm as he like he doesn't do that anymore. But he like, dude, he used to slap the shit out of himself. I mean, like he would have whelps on his arm like he would have black and blue arm just from him throwing punches like it was the most ridiculous shit. I mean, I don't know. And then the Johnsons, the botch over botch. And you could just tell that, that both the AMW guys were just breathing heavy and blown up and just too much too soon for them for sure. Um, zero fucking beers for me. Mortimer could not save it. Zero beers. Not drinking a beer at this bar. Uh, but you know what? Let's hop on over to the most current thing here. We're going to talk about the pre-show. Jesse, can you break down that pre-show match for me, man? I mean, it's one of those things. I These multi-man match shenanigans, usually I hate. And I, my initial reaction was, I'm going to fucking hate this. We got an eight-man tag with all Same. these people that are going to be on this, you know, should be on the card, and what are they doing with this guy, and yada, yada, yada. Then I get to thinking about it, and I realize that pre-show is available for free yeah. to the masses. It's a way to get people in, and you'll notice what they've been doing often, very often, and especially here, they're using that talent that's on Fox. They're really trying to get that SmackDown talent over because they want the ratings to go that way so they're not fucked out of their... I mean, they're not fucked out of their deal either way, but they do not want to displease Fox, you know? Yeah, for sure. On the surface, after kind of thinking about it, it sort of makes sense. I like the transformation that Gable's going back through. I think that while I did like Otis a lot, they're... Killing that. That's going to go away soon, I'm sure. Uh, because there's nowhere to go with it. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, a, he's a southern rikishi. Here's the thing. Once they took the money in the bank thing away, there's nowhere to go with it. You could have gotten one real blockbuster moment out of that guy and then probably held pretty steady on the mid-card for a while, but then they just got rid of it. That's fair. The you, Cesaro, Nakamura, Sami Zayn, the whole thing. To me, the best part of this match, far and away, is Sami Zayn. All the heel for tactic sure. shit. 
And the, yeah, the big E, the big E, Sami Zayn angle is the best part of this entire pre-show. You mean thing. Gable? Well, no, no, no. I mean, but like furthering the big E storyline. You know what oh, I mean? Like, oh, I thought you said big E, Sami Zayn, and Angle. Sorry. No, oh, yeah. I mean, they did dress Gable up exactly like Kurt Angle. So it's fine. It, I, dude, that's how they should have been pushing him. It should have been that way the entire time. But Big E, Sami Zayn, that whole thing. Obviously, I love E. Um, I, they changed his theme music. I don't really know how I feel about it. I get why they did it, but it's hard not to hear him yelling about Aww. the new name. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. One, of them, one of them deals. But uh, Big E dancing to Shinsuke's entrance also got to say, fucking pop me. And they flashed at him while the little thing was going down. It was an entertaining exchange, melee match. I mean, it was pretty much what you would expect out of an eight-man. For me, I gave it two beers only because they got so much talent on screen to a very widely exposed audience. And for that, I got to give it at least two. Sammy saved it for me. Yeah, dude. Honestly, my notes are exactly the same on this match. I was two and a half just because I do like – I like the push with Biggie, and to, I actually like – I like the music. I don't know if it fits Big E, but I like the music. You know what I mean? Like, um, so, but I'm not going to say much more about it. Wex, what do you think about the pre-show match? I mean, literally, you guys broke it down almost exactly how I was going to say it. Like, Big E, Sami Zayn was my whole favorite part of the match. I love Sami Zayn, all the hill shit he's doing. I love his t-shirt. I am the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. It was just such like a plain... He's really... Oh, yeah, like, I want this, like, yeah. plain fucking gimmick thing going right now. I'm loving it. And I really wish, honestly, like like you said, we got to see all those people exposed on there. And it was cool. You kind of got to see everybody hit their signature stuff, everybody get their shit in, which was cool, like, for people who don't have the WWE Network or can't do the pay-per-view and they get to watch it for free. But I really wish it would have just been kind of a more Sami Zayn versus Big E match. I think that probably would have served better and been a little bit more entertaining. But I'm going right, right there with Jesse with two beers just because it was fun to see everybody. Big E hit the big ending looking all jacked and ready. I'd love to see him really, you know, get a good push and then really do something with him. But, well, it's you know, coming. how WWE right. is, so yeah, you know, it's, it's always coming. hope, wishful thinking, you know. It's coming for sure. Um, but let's hop on over to back to 2002. Scott Hall makes a very rare sober appearance for the early 2000s. Uh, maybe not totally sober, uh, but you know, yeah. it's not, 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 not as shit-faced as he has been in other moments, I guess. Um, still definitely a shitty segment, uh, but it's hard to be worse than like TNA Jarrett, but somehow Miller was worse. I just, it, it just was. So, um, what'd you guys think about, what'd you guys think about this whole like breakdown here with Scott Hall and all that? The Jarrett's line, there's a part of his promo that made no sense to me that I had to take a note of where he said, why don't you take your ass back where it came from, bitch? To which I'm like. What do you mean by that exactly? It doesn't make any fucking sense at all. I also, Jeremy Borash is dressed like he's showing up to a hotel restaurant Tinder date. I couldn't get over that. The entire show. He was, very, he was very MySpace. He looked like he definitely had Jason Mraz playing in the background for sure. Beige sweater, blazer. Mm-hmm. He always, you know, for the longest time, he rocked the frosted tips. And yeah, I don't hate it on Borash. It kind of suits who he is. The gear here, not ideal, but I it, this was a complete mess. And Scott Hall completely no sells K Crush, aka R Truth, uh, <laughs> on the thing. I mean, R Truth just hits the shit out of him, and it's like he doesn't, he's not coordinated enough to know what he's supposed to do about it at the time. Oh, yeah, definitely not sober, but you know, oh, yeah. not uh, 
He was still functioning, you know. He was yeah, still... it's not like that ESPN documentary where they're dragging him out the back. He <laughs> he was at least coherent somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat coherent. I don't know about this next match though. It's Ant- Anthony Mitchell uh, versus Monty Brown. Is that correct? At Monty Brown versus Jobber. Anthony Mitchell. Is that what it was? Anthony Ingram. Anthony Ingram. Anthony Ingram. Okay, yeah, that's that's exactly what that's exactly how much I cared about this match. Anthony Ingram versus Monty Brown, worse than bad. Uh, I was so excited at this point in 2002 to get a major company in Nashville, and it was so hyped to us that it was going to be a major company like based out of Nashville, like this was going to be the new WCW. Um, and then this was like the second match after the 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 penis tag team. So I was big mad, bro. Like, I was just big mad about this whole situation. This is negative two beers for me. This is two trips to vomit in the toilet. Um, Negative. Just so bad. This is embarrassing. This is the kind of thing that, like, people that don't watch wrestling, like, this is what they say. Like, why would you watch this stuff? That's This is that that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah. Negative two beers for me. Wex, what do you think about Anthony Ingram versus Monty Brown? Yeah, as I was saying, like, my notes just says Monty Brown versus Jobber because... I didn't even care enough to figure out what his name was. And exactly, like like you said, it was just a fucking shit show. I have sloppy, odd trash. Yeah. Zero beers. I didn't go as far as negative beers, but I'm definitely going to go zero beers. And just, like, it was just fucking bad. Like, he called out, like, Alf, he, like, yelled Alpha Bomb. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, mm, it was just fucking shitty. I'd Like, that's literally the only way I can describe it. Shit. Jesse, wrap this fucking turd up. I did give it a beer, and here's why. Oh, no. Damn it, Jesse. Let's see. First okay. off, you, you all know I love Monty Brown, but I also kind of forgot that he was in this early. I, for some reason, I really only remember him being a big part of it about a year, year and a half in, even though I was at most of the fairground shows, so I don't know how I would have forgotten that. But the I thought his opening promo for a dude that had never done this before was not bad. I mean, it wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination, but it was the first real exciting promo we had seen on the show at all. With a little bit of fire, a little bit of fervor, they did a classic fucking squash match. You can tell that they had eyes on putting Monty over. I didn't think that it was poorly done in that way. The match was poorly done. There wasn't a fucking single move that was executed well, but I felt like it served its purpose to try and elevate this guy for better or for worse. Therefore, it did get one beer from me. I'll agree. Just, the promo was better than the match. Oh yeah. I feel like I feel like you're just over there fluffing that TNA Johnson, if you will. Uh, let's move back on over to the TLC. We get the first match on the opening card here, and got hot damn boys. Uh, this one is AJ Styles versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship in a TLC match. Definitely a barn burner. Great match. Uh, both guys are really phenomenal and we're just the chemistry was there it's kind of wild that this is the first time for them like meeting in the company and it's like in a tlc for the title it's kind of wild uh it does make no sense to have like almost or whatever out there to do fucking nothing for actual aj styles so then he gets involved like way later on and it, I, I don't know that seems stupid to have him out there the whole time why not just have him run in when you needed him to get involved uh, it would have made way more sense for him to come back after Miz comes out and cashes in, which also kind of sucked, to be honest with you, because I still feel like Miz should kind of be in the main event picture. Uh, as long as he's daisy-chained to John Morrison, that's not going to happen, though. The gimmick chair spot was funny to me. Either way, uh, kind of bummed they wasted the briefcase. Um, but the match itself, bell to bell between AJ and Drew, was 
top-notch. Don't think you could have asked for better from those two guys. So four solid beers from me. Jesse, where are you at on AJ Styles versus Drew McIntyre? This match would have been a full-on six-beer match for Totally me. agree. Totally agree. Had they ended before the cash-in thing happened. Because the pacing of it, to me, was perfect. They didn't do a bunch of erector set spots. Oh, they, yeah. they used the weapons, but they didn't go into this grandiose fucking Lego shit everybody yeah. goes into. And there are so many just brutal spots. You could tell that they were really working. They very intelligently used them. The ladder calf killer and shit. I mean, like, yeah, so cool. the submission moves utilizing the weapons were very inventive to me. I mean, we've seen it before in a way, but not really in that way, and especially not recently. And there weren't any real big, huge car crash spots up until the press slam to the outside through the table. And I thought that they built to that fucking perfectly. Had it ended there, this would be a six-beer match for me. Agreed. But then we have a little bit of continuation. We have the run-in. I don't dislike how they used Omos, and here's why. Eventually, that dude's going to turn, or they're going to try and do something to have him build personality. He can't just be out there and interfering blatantly the whole time, or this match would have fucking sucked balls. However, he is the only person to actually interfere with a participant in the match. Morrison, when he came in, the only interference that Morrison did was on Omos. Yeah. So Omos is the, still kind of maintains that bodyguard for the heel level because he threw Miz out of the ring after Miz was already a declared participant. So he is the only guy to actually interfere and touch anybody inside this match. Yeah. Which keeps that kind of heel heat thing up, yada, yada, yada. Morrison does that gimmick chair spot, which I just thought was the shits. I did not love it, but... <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny, though. I mean, it was funny, but... Do we want money here? Like, is no, that probably not? But I, I mean, I did pop at it. I like, but I la- it was a giggle for sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, uh, I, I still think that they worked the ending well, even though they did the whole like triple threat gaga bullshit. I don't hate I, what I see this setting up for is because Morrison was the one who was like, cash it in, cash it in, grab the case, grab the case, and then Miz obviously in the match. Yeah. There, yeah, that's obviously leading to a feud between them, which I think, you know, that stands to be amazing. That's yeah, for to sure. Be really, really, really great. So it, I, I ended up giving it a five overall. It would have been a six. All right, Wex, where you at on that one, man? I'm leaning closer to towards where you're going than where Jesse's going. I gave it exactly four beers, and I really liked it. And the only reason that it didn't get the full six pack all the way is, like you said, the interference, that kind of like, fucked up the whole flow of the match and kind of went on too long after that. Like the pacing, like you said, the pacing, and if it just would have ended right there after that one spot or just kind of concluded somewhat after that instead of adding that extra shit in there. And it does kind of suck that for like, is this the second year in a, how many, how many times has this happened now that someone's tried to cash in and they didn't win it? Is this like the third or the fourth? I think this is the third one in a row. Third one in a row. Yeah. Like this is like, just getting fucking ridiculous. But AJ worked his ass off. He sold like a, like he was Shawn Michaels selling out there. He was doing fucking. He was oh definitely. Yeah. He was working he was his ass off. And like honestly, I was hoping AJ was gonna win it. Like the the way it was building up, I yeah. was really hoping for like yeah. a, maybe a heel win, and then maybe yeah. maybe him continue a little feud with Drew, and then maybe Drew eventually win it back or something in, involving Omos, and then maybe a Drew like you know a big man versus big you know something yeah. else they could work no, totally. I thought it was yeah, a great I, match, though. Four beers. It could have been six. I had a lot of potential, but it was a fucking yeah. great match. 
I mean, so for me, I think that the only reason why AJ Styles is still working as a heel and it still only can make sense for him to be a heel is because they're not doing it really with fans. And that Thunderdome is what they're using and they're using piped in noise. But I think that once they do go back to crowds, the split is going to be like literally the first show they're going to split them because he's <laughs> going to be a baby face immediately. Like that's yeah. just it's going to happen. And it makes the most sense. I do like the fact that they're pretty much utilizing him. Um, I mean, we can go ahead and talk about this now because we're talking about AJ Styles. But, I mean, there's always constant talk about, you know, it, you know, he said he's going to retire in WWE. But even should he, you know, like, I don't think he should. And it's I don't think he will. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah. yeah, I really I definitely, don't think. Yeah, that's not happening. But does he go to Impact or does he go to AEW or will it matter by the time he has a choice to go there? But since there's such a great, obviously, a partnership between those two brands now. You say, two, you say two, I say three. I New think by the, time, by the time he's out of there, it's going to be New Japan, TNA or New Japan, Impact and AEW. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. I think he I goes if- to that, man. I mean, it, it's it just it makes the most sense. I understand I, less travel. Where, where does he represent? Does he represent Impact, or does he become an AEW guy? You I know what I'm saying? Like at that point. Oh, I think it still matters. I think it still matters. I, I, I mean, I definitely think it still matters. If they it do this biz, if, if they do this biz class shit the way that it seems kind of like they're building towards with the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega uniting yeah. against people on Impact and shit like that, you already have Impact and AEW represented. I think the whole strategy is basically to just kind of have them permeate everywhere yeah yeah so i don't know that specific representation is necessarily needed i mean and eventually what you probably build towards is an aj styles kenny omega aew world title oh Oh my god that would be fucking (laughs) ah god oh yeah i'm I'm loving just the idea of that for sure but you know what i'm not really actually you know what speaking of things that i love and like things that i dream about from time to time i gotta be completely honest guys this lazy as i'm about to sound the 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 fucking cage girls man it's like one of the main things that i remember from these tna shows yes dude i I think about it i mean you know like call me this trashy redneck but goddamn, like there was they never had some rough woofers up there, bro. They were always top notch for, especially for the time. Now I, I was trying to figure that, out which strip club they got them from. Dude, I, I, it's got to be Deja. It had to have been Deja like at the time. Fifth or sixth not, grade, so that was like one of my favorite parts of the. It may shows. have been Vivid. You remember where Vivid was? It's like where Slider oh, yeah. House is now. I think that yeah, that yeah, was actually the, it, the it was nice, Code Blue for a while. And yeah, shit. that was the Hollywood nicer disco. one. Yeah, yeah, Hollywood Disco. Those, those were my days. And Penny Beers on Wednesdays every yeah. Wednesday, buddy. I lived around the corner at that time. Dude, same. I lived right across the street in those shitty white apartment buildings. Like, yep. Yeah, we're all, all in the neighborhood, bro. Good times, good times. So, uh, yeah, I kind of like, I mean, I-, I love Blade Runner growing up and kind of grew up with the Matrix, so I guess the hot girls inside of a cage makes sense to me. But um, the Hot Shots got a very brief cameo spot, which I kind of pop for. Uh, you know, Chase and Cassidy, love those dudes. And then um, the Midget Killer uh, got a super promo in. And, uh, but his the literally the back of his t-shirt said midget killer oh yeah yeah and he, can't, he specifically just kept saying i want to see some midget blood tonight yeah what is happening he had the fucking crowd chanting midget blood yeah it's yeah i mean hey dude the, I, will, I will say that like he probably worked the crowd even better than aj styles did like aj yeah. styles had much better performance but this dude like puppet i think his name was puppet, yes, puppet. killed it killed it bro he Puppet actually killed he, it. He just recently here within the last couple of months passed away. They were uh, what happened when Mondays was doing a, a little uh, 
NWA TNA thing, and they look back on a show where they caught he was caught jacking off in a trash can, and he pulled a gun out. This is all on a TNA show. Oh my god! Was. I want to say it was the episode that Shivani was on. He was only on Lex the one. Is dead. We've lost him. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like that came like I thought you were gonna say like he was beating up some beating up a midget or like no nah, he was jerking off at the trash can. I was like what the fuck. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty intense. Oh, my God. Good. Jesus, God in heaven, save us all. Uh, And then Buff Bagwell proceeded to cut a terrible promo, as per (laughs) usual. So right on Buff Bagwell brand. Um, Yeah, the next match on the card here is Rainbow Express, which is Lenny and Bruce of WCW fame, versus Buff Bagwell and Apollo here. Man, uh, Wex, give it to me. Yeah, this match was basically Apollo going in there, doing all the work, basically doing everything. Naturally. And I mean, he's not a bad worker in the Rainbow Express. Like, they're not bad either, but then he does all the work. Buff Bagwell gets the tag, and that's basically all it was. Like, it's kind of a bullshit, classic bullshit Buff Bagwell match. And, like, it ended with the worst super kick I've ever seen in my life. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, the Rainbow Express, I'll say, definitely made up for it later in the night. But that promo, he says he's upset that he has to face two gay guys. Like, ah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, that was just, little, ugh, I was just like, God, this did stuff. Did not age just, well at all. Exactly. I mean, I'm like, Jesus, like, was it, was it really this rough in 2002? But yeah, it was. But I'm going to go one beer because Apollo went in there and, you know, did his thing and didn't look that bad. But, geez, fuck. Like, this is like, this pay-per-view is definitely not off to a good track. Yeah, not at all. Jesse, where are you at on it? Well, before we talk about this match, I have to say one thing. Can we talk about Goldilocks for a split second? Okay. In this particular show, she just looks like the physical embodiment of if you just walked through a mall and picked out the first few things that happened. And Super <laughs> fair, yeah. Very, very uh, 2002 straight cut, pink highlight, yada, fucking yada, whatever. I just thought it was kind of hilarious. There weren't really... WWE wasn't so much doing the amount of female backstage interviewers thing at that point in time. They did a a handful, but not really the way that they would go on to do it. So I thought it was just kind of funny because I know that it popped the crowd every time she got on screen. Obviously, she would go on to do weird Brian Christopher-y fucking bullshit shortly after this, and it got worse. I just thought it was kind of hilarious that she was on the screen at all. But as for the match... So Bruce of Lenny and Bruce, the Rainbow Express, obviously formerly Kiwi and went on to do a whole bunch of different other wrestling things in the indies and yada, yada, yada. That dude is a good worker. He sure. actually, he, he was talented. He actually had a little, he was managed briefly by Booker T's wife in while in WCW and stuff. And Charmel. Charmel. And had, you know, a pretty good turn. Lenny Lane. His entire fucking career is he's Jericho ripoff, pretty much. He just kind of had to take a little bit of the other weird gimmicky stuff to the other side. This match, obviously, agreed with Wes. Apollo did all the work. The Rainbow Express stuff wasn't... Some of it wasn't the worst, but most of the spots were really lazy. The thing that pissed me off about that super kick is that Apollo did one of the best super kicks I'd ever fucking seen, like, two minutes before... (laughs) this really shitty softy super kick that was done by Lenny Lane so it was just kind of bad also the entrance for Buff and Apollo was this really horrific ripoff of Smooth by Santana and Rob Thomas I don't know if anybody else (laughs) oh I loved it loved it there's a lot of ripoff things (laughs) there so shitty 
And then after the fucking, the finish was just terrible. And then after the match, Buff goes on this fucking Marcus rant. And I'm sitting here like, is this just because they've only agreed to use him once? Because God knows nobody wants to bring him back because fuck this guy. He's a year off from getting fired from the WWE, if you think about this. He's a year off from, you know, his mom calling in sick for him or whatever. Yeah. This yeah, is Greg. I mean, yeah, at this point, too, I mean, you know, God, you know, of course he's Marcus now, guys. It, it's important that, that you know that he's Marcus. Um, and that he's not buff anymore. Yeah. How many beers were you all together on this one? Uh, how many beers am I? Yeah. None. Zero beers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I went, uh, I also went, uh, did I say one beer or zero beers? You said you one said beer one. on this one. It was one beer. Oh, yeah, never mind. Wrong match. Yeah, one beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, you yeah. went one beer. I am. I'm literally splitting the difference. I'm a half a beer here on this uh, again, just because I felt like Apollo did did bust his ass. And honestly, like I, I, I like uh, I have a I have a different outtake. I I, I kind of liked Lenny. I th- I thought I thought that like he had. I mean, granted, yes, he was more of like a uh, you know a Jericho ripoff. But fuck, if you're gonna rip somebody off, that's not a bad guy to rip off. And I think that there has been matches where he's kind of pulled it off. He's done some pretty cool shit, like Bell to Bell. I've seen him be in some pretty good matches. Um, but I didn't. I don't know. It, it was just anything Marcus touches, Marcus Buff, whatever the fuck you want to call him, is just absolute garbage to me. Like yeah, I, I just don't. Judy's son is what we call he, him now. He makes everything worse. He just does. Um, yeah, I mean the only bright moment is that Buff did the job, so that's why I gave it a half a beer, just because Buff was the one that got pinned. Uh, but you gotta love him when he, you know, shooting on gays for sure. Gotta gotta love to hear that that he was actually said he was shooting <laughs> several times, and uh, he hates fags apparently. He actually said that, so that's insane that that was on the show. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, when you like, that's just. I mean, even I mean, granted, guys, this is eighteen years ago, but fuck, dude, eighteen years, like. I feel it's like only just, it's only been 18 years and this was I just like a, he, a common thing like to to say like I feel like he's just trying to like dip into the rap pool while he's in Nashville. It's like just so you guys know, <laughs> I'm only here for one night and I'm straight as fuck. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure he dipped into yeah. more than the rap pool because we did see him a lot more in in the fairgrounds, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, we also got like a little Ken Shamrock promo here. Uh, pretty lackluster on Monty Brown, to be honest. Uh, although James Mitchell is a fucking gem and kind of bringing Malice in, that part of this segment was cool. Wex, what did you think about this whole Ken Shimrock promo with uh, James Mitchell and everything? I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, it definitely helps set up for the match that I don't even uh, – we'll, we'll get into that later. But I like James Mitchell. Uh, he's always been very creepy, very very mysterious. And anytime – it's crazy. He's still with Impact till this day. So he's he a really, good, yeah. He was, oh, he's yeah. literally, yeah. He's literally, he was literally on TV. I mean, la- last night, right? Was yeah. he? Yeah, I missed. It. I must have missed it. Yeah, I just didn't. I he's always. It. I mean, he's a great, he's a great Twitch, manager, but... solid promo. He always does a good job. Yeah, for sure. Jesse, where were you at on this Ken Shamrock and uh, James Mitchell exchange, if you will? There's a reason that WWE didn't really give Ken Shamrock a microphone very often, and <laughs> this is it. James Mitchell will I will never be displeased by seeing James Mitchell dude. I, he Same. always goes above and beyond. He's so fucking character oriented and I know it's hokey and cheesy but the thing is he is exactly what you would think that he is. If anybody I could think of could replace a manager to the monsters such as a Paul Bearer ever, you're never going to replace Paul Bearer, but if anybody else could do like the second best job to me, it's always going to be James Mitchell. 100% and, and I think they're very different too. 
Oh yeah, hundred. Yeah, of course they are. But it's just a matter of the way that he presents it, the way that he spins everything. He's very well spoken. He, there are no holes in his verbal game at all. Exactly. You can tell that he he believes what he's saying. It might sound like yeah. it's coming out of a fucking magic card game, but he believes it while he's saying it. So it makes yeah. sense. Malice laying out Shamrock kind of lends some credence to the other match and yada yada yada. Malice obviously being Jerry Tweet, aka the fucking Wall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Followed by Bill Barron's working the fakest fucking phone call anybody has ever seen. God. So bad. So, so bad, man. I mean, yeah, we can just, I mean, we can talk about that, too. But, like, I mean, Jerry Lynn, too. Like, I mean, come on. There's a reason why Jerry Lynn kind of always had somebody with him in ECW. You know what I mean? Like, because bell to bell, that dude can go, dude. He is a, yeah, exactly. I have a deep, deep, deep rooted love for Jerry Lynn, man. Straight up. One of the sweetest dudes in the business. Dude, took like some, took time with me when I was a very youngling. And like, I had like hours and hours of a conversation with him in the locker room. And he was just the nicest possible guy to me for no other reason. Like, just other than to just talk about wrestling and and it, it was cool to see somebody at that level, that good, just want to sit and talk about like, you know, because at the time I'm like 19, I'm like, I want to talk about like 80s wrestling and like the 90s, where, where were you and like, who were you watching? And like, I know he was just like, to, to, to meet him and to know that like, even to this day, Jerry Lynn is still as big of a fan as he is a legend. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, I met yeah, him, was- uh, I booked a Misfits show that he came to, and I guess he was really close yeah. to him those guys and i got to meet him then and i was like hey by the way you're permanently cool to come to exit in any fucking time you want to yeah hell yeah permanent list but yeah it could have been a guy always always dude love that dude to death man but let's jump back over here to the current product man it's match number two it's carmella versus sasha banks for the smackdown women's championship uh yeah jesse man right back to you in the snake draft tell me what you thought about it i gave it a beer I really didn't love it at all. I, I did not think that it was a great match. I mean, Sasha worked her ass off. To me, Carmella, I, the repackage thing is very confusing to me because it's not a repackage. She's just a fucking blonde chick that likes expensive stuff. It's exactly what she was the fuck before. She just drinks champagne on screen now. I don't know what the difference is. And I, it's, I, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. It's not that both of them didn't look great. They did. It, I didn't think Carmella's work was much better really um sasha banks i thought worked her fucking ass off and held the match together that whole somalia gimmick is goofy they had obvious interference right directly in the line of the fucking referee which kind of ruined it for me i'm like what do you if you ruin that point of authority to me the whole match is done i it just didn't make any sense to me but they they put in their work it weakened carmella I did not think that it made very much sense the way that it was done. It's a beer. Lex, put him in his place, baby. Yeah, I'm completely disagreeing with you on this one. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought this was one of the better Carmella matches that I've ever seen. I mean, I've seen her put on some stinkers here, there. So I thought this, she, I feel like she's improved a lot since the last time I've really actually watched her wrestle. And you're right, Sasha Banks did work her ass off and carry her a little bit, but she's improved a lot, and I thought she put on a good performance. And even though that whole, like, bullshit with the, the outside spots with what's-his-name, Reggie, like, I understand that's Reginald. definitely... Reginald. His name is Reginald. Reginald. Oh, Reginald. Okay. Well, 
I will say that took it away from me a little bit, but just the fact that it was good work, great work from both, and Sasha Banks finally successfully defended her title, I went ahead and gave it four beers. Baby boy, I am 100% with you on that. It only got a half a beer less than the match prior to me. Reginald, by the way, get it right. Get his name right. Put some respect on that name. It is Reginald. Deserves big props. And the reason why I even wrote down, it wasn't actually interference. He literally caught a dive and put her fucking back. They did, they, he didn't hit anybody directly. That's not true. In the he light. assisted her in a fucking head scissors into the steps. Okay, but after that's but that's not the same. She had been. It she, is though. It's not. It is not. It is not. You. He didn't have a foreign object or anything. You were over there fluffing Monty Brown earlier. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear you giving Reginald the fucking shovel. Okay. I don't want to hear you over there burying Reginald. I will be no poor words about Reginald on this show. For Monty Brown is twice Reginald's height. <laughs> Hey, and Reginald has twice the fucking Banks extra props for her Mandalorian DDT with the jetpack. Absolutely. Absolutely. Although it should have been the finish. How yeah, do you, how do you get Boba Fett he no sold the shit sold it. He straight up no sold the he damn did. tornado DDT. Hey, he no sold the damn tornado DDT. <laughs> it was awful. But yeah, no, actually, I love this match. I thought it was great. Carmella is doing a great job with the new gimmick. That's literally what I wrote down. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Four solid beers from me. Loved it. That's right. Explain to me what the new gimmick is. What the fuck is the difference? Uh, to me, like the the previous one is like P Diddy. Like she's Carmel. more like and yeah, this is more like Vogue magazine. Like yes, it's still rich like heel girl, but they're very different. They're very she very different. And she wears leopard print. It's the same shit. That's not the same. It's not the same. I disagree. I don't know. And I feel so like she's like Jersey Shore to like. High fashion. I don't know. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Jersey Shore to like high. Exactly. The that's match. how I'm. That's what I'm seeing here. That's what they're. That's what I see. They're presenting to me. High fashion. I'm curious to know what that is. Anyway, we can move on. It's definitely not Jersey Shore. That's. I think that's. I think that's. <laughs> that's. I think that's what we're trying to say. But yeah, moving on here. Absolutely right. The next match on the card here is Puppet versus Todd Stone. Wex, please, God. Tell me how you thought. Give me your short thoughts on this match. Well, <laughs> my short thoughts. Uh, Puppet the Psycho Midget. I mean, or Puppet the Psycho Dwarf, actually, not the Psycho right, Midget. I want to be a perfect psycho. Because I guess that's the thing. He's the Psycho Dwarf, and he wants to kill midgets. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I right. get it now. Because I, 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 I was like, he's a midget himself, but he wants to see midget blood. But it, it's all finally coming together. But Todd Stone, he was like four foot nine, but 120 pounds. He looked like he probably it. actually could have... He was pushing it. He was pushing it. I mean, he. I mean, I just want to. Say, he looked like he was in pretty good shape and probably could work, but he didn't get to do shit. The was he even fr- really a dwarf, or was he just like a roided out fourteen year old? I'm not sure. He could have been like, uh, you know, some of the like the like Mascarita Sagrada that was on uh, Lucha Underground. It's like he was a midget, but had, didn't have midget proportions. It was like, yeah, yeah it was. I'm not yeah. explaining. It's like it's weird, but he just got the shit beat out of him with a kendo stick. Straight and up, then he, and then the. That's just all that happened. He just fucking, I don't know how much they paid him for that. I'm probably not much, but he just got his ass whooped, and then the psycho dwarf just went psycho and just was just fucking stupid. I don't know. It was a piece of shit. I gave it zero beers. Zero beers. That's fair. That's fair. It was just a waste of my time and uh, a waste of a segment. Jesse, where you at on it? Puppet versus Todd Stone. I went. I went negative three beers on Woo! it, and I was trying to figure out the entire time. Bring the heat, when- baby. With Todd Stone, dude, in the face, he looks fucking exactly like somebody 
that I could not put my finger on. I could not figure out who exactly it was. An actor or some shit. I don't fucking know. But he got in there, and not only was it all just a shit fest, but there's a point where after, you know, when Puppet puts the trash can on him and he's laying down, Puppet's literally hitting, like, he's the trash can's off of him on the ground, and he's just beating the shit out of trash can with a kendo stick and shit. And I'm like, this is the fucking goofiest, I mean, this is the most southern wrestling <laughs> thing, you know? And I mean, again, he literally had the fucking crowd in the municipal auditorium chanting midget blood you can see them doing it oh and they were like like rabid bro like the crowd was more hype for that than the main event probably dude, the, that was the, yeah. okay that's the thing this is what i'm gonna give puppet all right that's why i didn't go negative for me I, i'm at zero beers as well but i was gonna go negative but i was like you know what dude the the name of this job is to work the crowd and honestly that motherfucker worked the crowd better than anything else on this show literally anything i mean there's stuff that i personally liked more but the crowd was more hyped for this than anything else on this show it says a lot about nashville in 2002 huh a hundred percent a hundred percent or possibly even now yeah well you know it is what it is we, we try to feel like we're progressive sometimes uh yeah so right after this was a backstage segment with the emts quote unquote uh, and Goldie, with zero fucking emotion, was just like, we're trying to get a word here from Ken Shamrock. Is he going to be able to wrestle? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. They're not telling me anything. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think. I don't know. I'm, the EMTs uh, okay? had what the more fuck? Emotion. Why are you even here, okay? What are you the even EMTs doing here? Had more you don't even know anything about wrestling. Like, like, why are you? Why are you? How did you even get to this spot? Uh, that's probably an easy question to answer. Yep. I can, uh, well, of course it is. Okay. Of course it is. Moving on. Uh, we did get a little bit of coverage of the lingerie battle royal, <laughs> and that was also a good time. But let's move back over to TLC here. The next match on the card is the Hurt Business versus the New Day for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Jesse Baker, what'd you think? Dude, every single time that I see the Hurt Business on screen, the first thing I can think if MVP is the corner man, it's always where my concentration goes. He is so oh, fucking so good. good. So good. And you got, let's face it, Bobby Lashley. I can't be the only guy on the face of the planet that is not the biggest fan of Bobby Lashley. Shelton Benjamin, severely underused guy who should have been much bigger. 100%. And then Cedric Alexander, who I think everybody would have pegged as being one of the bigger stars that squandered and, and, and suffered for a really long time. And what we're seeing here is the elevation of all of those talents. This match to me was a super well-worked tag match. Her business looked absolutely fucking great. There was like that one weird little drop counter spot with Kofi with the kind of botched little Karana thing. Didn't I, it, it, you know, you could call that a botch, but the thing is, Kofi saved it. And what would have sucked when you see him telling, dude, come on, like Kofi waves yeah. the guy on a little bit. And I was like, oh, fuck, if they hit this, it's going to look like shit. But because he dodged it, it saved the fucking spot. He's like, come on, come on, come yeah. on, get yeah. the fuck out of the way. Yeah. Totally saved it. I thought it was absolutely great. It was a little bit of a wacky finish, but lots of agility in the match. I don't mind seeing the titles come off a new day because let's face it, Big E already separated, going to go on to be a big guy, big star, so on and so forth. I think Xavier Woods 
again, my money is on that guy being able to be a star if he wants to, but he's got this G4 shit. He's going to move off into doing that. Kofi can shine as a singles. Doesn't bother me at all. Her business having that that win is a really important thing. It was a four and a half beer match for me. Totally. Totally, man. Totally. Wax, where are you at on it? I'm pretty much right there with you. I went four beers, not four and a half. And the only reason is because I've kind of seen this match a lot recently. But besides that, I mean, this was fucking great. Like, top-notch work like by all of them. Xavier Woods, probably one of the best like best people in this match. He, Like I was saying before, oh, totally he was like AJ Styles in the first match. Like, yeah. working his ass off, selling his ass off. Like, really yeah. fucking, like, he's just so good. Like, exactly like you said. Like, I can't agree with you more when it comes to that. And I kind of like the whole dynamic they have with uh, Cedric Alexander, how he's kind of becoming cocky, and he did the whole Love basically it. the whole Matt Hardy thing yeah. last week on Dynamite where he tagged himself in to get the win when Shelton was about to set up for the finish. Like, I, I, I always like a little tension and teasing within a faction. That just kind of makes Love everything it. a little bit more yeah. interesting. And I was just glad to see Cedric Alexander get his first championship finally in the WWE after he's been there for how long now? Well, he was a Cruiserweight champion, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean the main roster. I meant like the did first he, main roster championship. Did he or did he not win the U.S. at one point? Am I wrong about that? Did he? Uh, if he did, so. it was for like a debt. Well, no. I thought I that he did, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I didn't check my facts on that one. I'm not sure about that either, but I will say that I did like the matchup a lot, and I like that Alexander and Benjamin as a tag team. I mean, I think if you look back at the past decade and maybe even decade and a half of tag team wrestling in the WWE – Shelton Benjamin kind of proves to be one of the best over the past two decades, best tag team wrestlers of all time. I mean, he's kind of always kind of whatever tag team he's been in, he's kind of excelled at in that role. Um, I mean, I'm not not to say that, not to not to say that he didn't have a lot of potential to be a singles guy, you know, back in his prime, especially the gold standard days. Although I do love the new Hurt Business uh, T-shirt that he has with the gold standard on the front. I think that's super cool. Um, I mean, he he looks great, man. He looks better now than he did ten years ago. I feel like uh, it made perfect sense. The, the the dynamic and the chemistry between both teams is also really good too. Um, it was definitely up and down without being like too formulaic. It wasn't just straight like one guy takes a lot of heat and then there's a big hot tag. And it wasn't a you know your your standard southern tag match. And I felt like they it, it's. It's it's always good to see something that's not too formulaic also be smooth. You know what I mean? Like, so to me, again, I'm always leaning a little bit bell to bell, but I think for a rare time, I'm agreeing with Jesse. I'm right at four and a half beers on this. I do love the Hurt Business vibe. I think that MVP is the next in line as like the Heyman mouthpiece. I think I think if he can continue to do this job, I mean, as long as he can literally stay with a heartbeat, I think MVP is going to have a job in this company for as long as he wants it. Um, definitely love make four one and more a half note too, that yeah. I definitely forgot to make, but if you look at this entire match, when Shelton Benjamin first came in, when team angle first happened and when world's greatest tag team first happened, I kind of looked at him and Haas as smaller guys. And I think it was maybe to do with presentation more so than anything else, but they weren't like the biggest dudes in the company or whatever. Shelton Benjamin is without a doubt the biggest dude in this match. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, for sure. It's, yeah. it's like a stark comparison. It's very yeah, strange. That, that, that's, that's what I mean. Like 15 years ago, though, it was like, you know, Batista and, you know, still Kane was still running strong and Taker. And, I mean, Big Show was still a very much a part of the early 2000s push. Brock Lesnar, um, Angle. Like, those guys are fucking massive compared to, you know, like Benjamin and Haas, you know? 
But then you see Alexander, Kofi, and yeah, Wood, exactly, who, yeah, all tremendous workers. But seeing seeing Benjamin Tower is kind of a, like it, it, it's a strange it's thing so to think about now. You it's know? also it's also weird. It's all to, to me. It's a good comparison to when you see like Billy Gunn on AEW. Oh, like, yeah. Billy Gunn has never looked like a fucking giant until he was on AEW television, and then I'm like, wait, you're an actual giant. Like <laughs> dude, you're not even all, like just big. Like you're a fucking giant big. of a man. It's like, dude, I swear, like if. Like, I never saw it as a kid, but if you go back and even look at the old matches, like, he's a lot taller than Road Dogg and every, you just, I don't know, I just didn't just see don't him notice. was that big. He doesn't just, wrestle that way. He doesn't wrestle strong. He doesn't yeah. wrestle strong, like, and he doesn't have to. I mean, whatever, you know, who cares? He's taller than fucking Tom Pritchard and Chris Candido, too, but when you were watching the Smoking Guns and the Body Donnas, you didn't notice that shit. No, not at all. Not <laughs> hey, well, at least the, you know, the Hurt Biz is dripping in all the mid-card gold, basically. Yeah. Well, speaking of shit that I, like, wish that I hadn't noticed... Uh, let's jump back over here to Francine versus Taylor Vaughn. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say that this was fucking awful, and I, I gave it another negative two beers because poor Scott Armstrong had to deal with this. Uh, it was bad. It was bad work. It was bad booking. It was a bad finish. All of it was just trash. Uh, I don't know how anyone can defend this, so we'll just try to get through it as fast as we can. Jesse, what do you think about Francine versus Taylor Vaughn? I went negative six. Nice. I love <laughs> it's, it. Uh... The crowd did not give a fuck about this, which is hilarious in Nashville, Tennessee in 2002 when you have two ladies in the ring who are obviously kind of buxom and showing it off. If you can't make the crowd at least pop a little at that, you are without a doubt fucking failing your ass off. Especially in 2002. Ferrara's involvement was the dumbest shit ever. And here's what sucks. I will say Francine, like... She looked better here than in a lot of her time in WCW to me, or ECW rather. But it it it's just the character thing sucked. Francine's not a fucking wrestler, first of all. And old BB, Barbara Bush from the fucking WWE coming over to TNA to be Taylor Wilde or whatever is like not no one cared. There was literally nothing here. It was the shittiest shit that ever shit, and there we are. Wax, what'd you think, man? Yeah, it was a goddamn Piece of shit, shit Joe. I just have my. I don't have even have an amount of negative beers. I just have puking written down because it was just yeah. that disgusting. Like yeah. the whole Ed Ferrara like tit squeeze thing was just like so cringy. I was just like, is like, is this really happening? Like, I don't think even WWE went straight up squeezing girls' tits on screen, did they? Like that's no. they like they were really stretching, really pushing, like I guess reaching at that this point. And yeah. like y'all said. Nobody gave one single fuck. Like the whole belt DQ thing. Like the whole match what was the just fuck, man. Yeah, just shit. I'm just that's all I can say about it. Not good at all. Pretty similar here with uh, JB introducing Hermie Sadler. Yawn. Uh, I'd kind of forgotten about him. God, what a dumb voice he had too. Like God, just his actual damn, voice like, it was just oh, so dumb. It was so bad. Um, you know, of course, like K Crush, soon to be our truth. Uh, with a very solid promo. Um, yeah, I mean, he was definitely on fire at that point, but that was definitely the shining moment there. What do you guys think about that NASCAR exchange, Jesse? My question is, why did Puppet, the Psycho Dwarf, if he's a midget killer, not come out and beat the shit out of Hermie fucking Sadler? 100%. <laughs> Big facts. R-Truth. They have him pop off on R-Truth, on, on K-Crush, who they're clearly... I mean, he's in the main event. They're clearly trying to push this guy... And you have the fucking midget race car driver attack him? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. 
there's no booking sensibility there. I thought it was, I mean, it was a very boring segment other than K-Crush, and it, it's just, I don't know. I felt like it was very self-defeating and shitty. I felt like they greatly under, or like overestimated the amount of people that care about NASCAR in Nashville. Like, yeah, I, there, I mean, there, were, like, there were a lot of comments on commentary, too, and Don West like, this is the wrong part of the country to not care about NASCAR. It's like, dude, no one here gives a fuck. No, no this is not Bristol, bro. This is Nashville. Like, yeah, this is the like, city. Like, that's the thing, like, yeah, like I know we're yeah I know we're in the south, but like this is Nashville, like the city. Like we don't give a fuck about NASCAR. Like no one, no one I know like cares about NASCAR. No, like, that's not the same thing. There's a different. That's why I always tell people like there's a difference between being southern and being country. Like I'm not country at all, but I'm very southern. Like there's the, there's just a big difference to me. And that's like NASCAR to me is more of a country vibe. It has more of a country vibe to it in general. I mean, like fast yeah, cars. Yeah on a big lot like that makes way more sense like i don't know this whole thing was a miss for me wex i mean wh- wh- where were you at with it only thing i can add to this is like hermie sadler like he sounded like i literally could like i've heard some really rough like thick southern accents but like i couldn't even understand half the shit this dude was saying he was like like it's just sounded like i'm just like dude like and it's, like, the pitch of his voice and the accent. Like, I don't know where he's from, but he just, like, like that and a thick Boston accent is probably the two worst things you could ever hear in your life. Like, oh, my God. I, I feel like the New York accent's the worst to me. I feel like Vince dude, Russo's accent is actually the worst sound. Bro, dude, I don't know. I feel like Boston's just a little bit more intense than New York if it's just like that. But uh, I don't know. That His voice was just fucking, like, piercing of the ear. It was so just dumb. terrible. So dumb. So dumb. Moving on. The next match on the card here, though. Let's just keep it roll. Let's just keep it where we're at. Let's just keep it where we're at. The next match on the card is Malice versus Ken Shamrock for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, this is what I'll say about this match. I thought Ken Shamrock sold really, really well. I thought Malice looked like an absolute monster. And surprisingly, I thought this was a pretty decent match. I thought it was a great way to get Shamrock over and still, like, like, like literally get him a win, but also kept Malice's heat. I mean, like Malice literally dominated the entire match, and then out of nowhere, you know, the big belly to belly finish or whatever, which is the fucking weakest finish of all time for anybody. Like the belly to belly is. I hope Bailey hears this. It's a terrible finish. Um, but yeah, I don't know. To me, I, I didn't hate it. I gave it two and a half to maybe even three beers. I was about halfway on it just because like. I, I thought that Malice worked. It wasn't it wasn't a bad match, Bill DeVille. I thought it was going to be a squash, and they were just going to put it on Malice because it had been so long that I'd forgotten how long Ken Shamrock's run was. But it felt like I, they almost swerved me. I was like, oh, I guess this guy's just going to come in and, and take the belt. But then just, like, boom, out of nowhere. There was no, like, it wasn't even a big comeback. It was, like, boom, finish, and that was it. Like, I thought that was a really great way to keep Malice over. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not, if, if you're going to put your big monster heel in a world title match and not, you don't want to crush him. I thought they did a pretty good job of it. Jesse, where are you at on it? Uy. So the the pre-match injury angle, I think, was the key to this, obviously. Yeah. It was, you know, having Shamrock come in and every submission he tries to apply, every move he tries to do, commentary selling it as being weak because he's hurt. I think that the idea of malice here, watching this right during this period of time, you're like, how the fuck did the wall work himself into a position where he might actually be a contender? And in this sense, he looked like an actual contender. I thought yeah. that that part of it made sense. 
there are a lot of weird things about this match to me. There's no reason to fucking choke a dude on the outside of the ring if you're trying to win his title. You know, there are a lot, a lot, like, just logistic sensibilities like that that are, what are you going to do? You're going to choke him out while he's on the outside of the ring? Well, he's a monster, though. I mean, it's got James Mitchell, you know what I mean? He's not, like, but he's just not, some normal not, heel. He's not playing like he has Down syndrome or something. Like, he's, like, <laughs> he understands the rules, you know? And yeah, I it's guess that. But... One of those things where some of that stuff didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Basically, he was just beating Shamrock down the entire time. I really would have preferred if they had ended it with, it would have made much more sense to me for Shamrock to just very spur of the moment lock the ankle and hold that shit for, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds before Malice was forced to tap than this fucking weak-ass belly-to-belly Shane Douglas-Bailey spot. But I don't know. I mean, I gave it a beer only because it wasn't the worst match on the show. <laughs> like, I really did Lex, not... Lex, break it down for us, man. I mean, it's I'm kind of going... In between, I guess, both of you, like, I like the idea and the concept of, like, the pre-match injury, and, like, it was a good concept, but the execution, like, in the ring, like, I thought it was very sloppy, very just, like, I just didn't didn't look very good to me. I just, uh, I thought it was just kind of, the work was kind of sloppy. I didn't really see much of his work as the wall, but I'm sure he could do better than this. I don't know. I just don't think that their chemistry quite worked on this match, but... I, I like, like I said, the idea, the story, the concept worked. So, and Cam- Shamrock, like you said, sold his ass off. He did the best he could. So, I'm at least going to give it one beer for the effort and the fact that it was way better than the psycho dwarf and squeezing tits and just yeah, straight I mean, bullshit. Yeah, it, was at just, least, it was at least a wrestling match just because good concept and good story. Yeah. Just the chemistry didn't quite work too well with them. But overall, it was a match. It was booked well. It was booked yes. well, surprisingly. One of the very few things that was booked well. Like I said, the, the concept was great, but the execution, not so great. Well, let's talk about something else that they're booking really well right now, and that's the uh, Sami Zayn and Big E segment. We've already kind of put it over on the pre-show, but we did get a little backstage segment here on the TLC show. Um, I thought it was pretty funny, uh, and I like the push for E. I'm pretty sure. I Actually, I think now as we speak, he is currently the Intercontinental Champion. I believe he did beat Sami Zayn. Uh, on SmackDown, that shit away. I believe that did happen, though. Did it not? Well, oh, I mean, yeah. this comes, comes out on Saturday, yeah. So it's yeah. not a spoiler, right? Yeah. Um, so that's good. I mean, I think that like the push is a good thing for him, and I think I thought that this, I thought that this was done well. It, it felt less scripted, uh, especially like E's reaction, and it, it just didn't feel as scripted. Maybe that's maybe they're giving them a little bit more leeway. Did you guys have anything to add about the segment? I actually missed this segment because right after that match. I went and like got some food, and I think I like came at the tail end of it as it was you ending. You soggy son of a bitch, Jesse. You I had to get some food after the hurt business, you know. <laughs> I thought I thought it was great. I mean, I there's no part of Big E's game that I think is weak. I think every single bit is very strong. It makes sense to give him the IC. I am kind of hoping, in a weird way, that they almost replicate. I, won't, I don't think they'll do this in Mania by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm almost hoping that they replicate the whole I see, you know, big guy, obvious face, over with everybody versus head of the chief, head of the chief table or whatever the fuck we're calling Roman Reigns these days. And <laughs> I love Roman Reigns right now, though. I mean, they're doing the best thing that they've ever done with him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I mean, he dresses like Steve Blackman, and that kind of sucks. But the rest of it is, I just think they they need to. 
I want to see Big E and Reigns. I think that that match, if they build it right, is going to make sense. And I'm hoping that E winning that title is going to lead to that. E has no fucking holes in his game, does not need a mouthpiece, does not need an advocate. He's a perfect fucking baby face. It just works. Yeah, I mean, I know this is going to sound weird, but like, I don't mean it to, but I really want to see Keith Lee versus Big E. Because I feel like that shit is gonna would be Dude. insanely good for for very different reasons because they're very different wrestlers. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I but just feel like that very would be athletic. Yes, God, dude, and they're so and they're both big guys. Like, th- dude, the athletic shit that they could pull off. Oh, I would great, love to see that match. WWE is about to bury Keith Lee like a motherfucker. I know. What the fuck is that, dude? That's so. He needs sad. to go ahead and get on out of there. He can't do that. He's up. signed like a six-year deal or something. Did he really? I oh thought... yeah, he's locked in for. I know. Is it? I know it's at least a four-year deal, and that he at least signed two years ago. So he's at least at least got one more year left. If not, oh, a but year I heard two. that. He's, but this deal was his NXT contract, so he's still not even getting paid. Dude, no, it's a W. It doesn't. It's all a WWE contract. You literally get paid by tier depending on what show you're on. So even if you're getting fucking buried like Tyler Breeze did for years, he made more money being on Raw than he made being on NXT or whatever. Literally just because he's making towns. And when you li- when you work for NXT, even when they tour, like they're pretty much just stationed out of Orlando. So like, There's that. There's merch. There's a lot of other things to yeah, consider. Yeah, but yeah. What really sucks about that whole thing is that they bring a guy like Keith Lee up to the roster, change his entire fucking wardrobe, change his fucking theme song, change his whole shit up, and then just put him as side B. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why you do that. It doesn't make any sense. You just stay well, speak- side A downstairs, dude. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of things that don't make a whole lot of sense to me, uh, this kind of this matchup here as far as the people in the ring, it was a pleasant surprise to me, I gotta be honest, though. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Asuka and Charlotte. Kind of cool to see a nice return for Charlotte here. And honestly, man, I was pleasantly surprised by this match. I thought that was... I thought that Charlotte was like... There wasn't much rust on her at all. Super good. Even Nia surprised me. I thought she, she had some pretty crisp moments in this match. Uh, I loved it, dude. I actually gave this whole match like four beers. Like, pr- pretty solid for me. Jesse, what do you think about this uh, Nia and Nia Baszler and Asuka and Charlotte tag team women's match? Also, you know, getting new tag team champions. Here we are on the rare occasion where Mr. Know It All and myself agree. Weird. We, we went four. I went four. Nice. Uh, I love seeing Charlotte come back, obviously, and she pulled off some hella athletic shit. That moonsault spot is never going to not be pleasing to anybody. Totally. It kind of reminded me of the idea of, you know, I, and this is derivative and shitty and possibly even maybe chauvinistic to say, but it kind of reminded me of, like, Flair and Muda tagging. And, oh, yeah. No, no, it makes sense. You know, that kind of thing. I fucking hate the whole Baszler Nia Jax thing if you can get them off my screen as a tag team for any reason whatsoever that'd be fucking wonderful so the fact that they won the championships here fantastic I thought Charlotte was gonna boot her in the face boot Oscar in the face pronounced <laughs> at the end of the match I felt like after they won that she was just gonna knock her out I thought Baszler should have man I think that Baszler is like God, there's so she's the worst. She's the probably the poorest booked person on the main roster. Period. It sucks. Male or female. Apparently, they were high on her at one point. They I, should I've still, they should still Corbett. be. I'm not the, the biggest fan of hers. I just, you know whatever. But I mean, there's there's some meat on the bone there. Naya Naya needs to go. Like, 
I don't think that there's a lot that she has left to offer. And it's Oh, I thought she did a pretty good job, man. I'm I'm saying she did okay in this match, but man, I don't think there's a lot left for her to offer. She really doesn't typically work all that well and she doesn't work all that long. She yeah. always has these like short stint periods in the company and shit and she hurts people all the time that I'm I'm just I'm not a big fan. But at any rate, it was four beers for me. What did you think there, Wex? Well, I didn't go as good as you guys on the four beers. I only went three beers. And the only reason I went three beers is because as soon as I saw Charlotte Flair walk out, I knew they were going to win the titles. I knew the titles were going to change hands at that point, like as soon yeah. as she walked out. Yeah. And the yeah. fact kinda that too, the, and the fact that the story doesn't make any sense because I figured they would have Lana come out because she's the one who'd been getting the sh- yeah. like the shit beat out of them by the other two for the past, like, what? Hadn't she been put through a table on Raw or SmackDown or whatever for the past? Yes, they're trying to bury her. Well, they suspended her, though. They said that she, they already, the whole thing on Raw is that she got injured and she wasn't going to be there. That was the whole reason for the mystery partner. <laughs> this is a, like, this is a dumb story. Like, I don't understand yeah. why Charlotte, like, she gets to come, she gets to come back in day one when the time, I just don't like that, but. Besides that, like like you said, great fucking work. Like she looked like she had not lost a step. Like every ring in ring work solid great. I love Asuka, so like I'm always gonna mark out for that no matter what. But besides that, like just that whole thing not making sense with Charlotte being there, it was great. I mean, I'm just gonna go three beers. Let me say this. You say she gets to walk in and come in and win a title. It's the fucking women's tag team titles, which they've buried since they were fucking in yeah. like, Honestly, honestly, she needs to have that title. Like, I guess. I thought, so. I thought that was. I thought that was kind of beneath a Charlotte return. Like, uh, to me, a Charlotte return is to come back in a main event title picture of some kind. And it's not. I, I don't know. I didn't think it was beneath her. I thought it was one of those things where I'm like, why would they waste it on this? Uh, I just I just don't know. It just didn't make any sense to me. But like like you said, it was a great match. But yeah, man. I, guess... I mean, reading into it, like, I mean, I feel like the return made it made sense. And I and to me, the tag title, those tag titles. First of all, I don't think they should have ever existed in the first place because I don't think that you ever had enough tag teams to begin with. And like, the tag teams that you really did have, you have not. You've kind of shit on. You like broke Bliss, them all up. Yeah, they Bliss and Cross were pretty damn good. And like. I mean, fuck the iconics to me are the whole reason why there, there were even women's tag team championships. Like Broke they were up. fucking amazing. Like, yes, they were. Why would you? Why would you break the like, dude? Let them run. They should be literally. They should be the new day of your women's tag team division. They could just 100%. be your tag team champions for ten fucking years and lose <laughs> it every couple months to the team of the of choice and win it back and just stay on that division. And literally, they could be the godmothers, if you will, to that entire division. They could make that happen but they don't and they, they're not going to because they've they've lost it man i mean they, they, they've kind of lost it which is kind of crazy because the matches bell to bell on this whole show have been pretty stellar speaking of stellar matches though yeah. the ones that we kind of like let's jump back over to nwa tna and it's david young my 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 dear sweet david young the sweetheart of a boy versus aj styles for the x division championship man wex give it to me what do you think about this one I thought this was like obviously the first good match on the card for this, and it was actually a not just a good match; it was a great match. And you notice the Alex Marvez thing they talked about at the beginning of the match 
talking about how he was reporting on the X Division tournament from the last pay per view, and I, I thought that was just, I thought yeah. that was pretty interesting that they mentioned him specifically because I really didn't know how much involvement in wrestling he had before because when he first started doing commentary with AEW, he just was not good on commentary. He's way better suited for like what his role is now, like kind of the backstage stuff and like the reporting, like because. Woo. On commentary, he was pretty rough, but like, dude, AJ, like young AJ Styles here. God damn, he like his his drop kicks, like he does backflips out of pretty much. So like, everything just looks so goddamn smooth. Yeah, like, it's insane. There was a little botch with like the top rope clothesline thing. They saved it though. I mean, he like he yeah, saved the it recovery he is out, here. But, yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like even with the botch, he somehow saved it and made it look smooth. Like, and the finish, the top rope Styles clash, like. I pop, yeah. like I didn't expect that like expect yeah. that to be in the match like I pop for that because that's one of those rare ones that you don't really see that much and but I and that's I guess you know young AJ Styles but it was pretty cool and and especially pop for they mentioned oh we got the Tennessee Titans offensive line at ringside so like that added extra beer so great Matt great work between both guys five beers fucking great five match. beers solid as hell Jesse where you at on it man I thought it was great I noted the Alex Marvez thing as well Tanae kind of sold it. Uh, twice in the same sentence, which I thought was interesting. There was, at one point, there was this inverted arm drag that AJ did Yeah. pretty early in the match, and I'm, I'm sitting here wondering why no one else seems to have picked that up. Because it seems like a relatively easy spot, but man, it looked fucking great. Yeah. It really stood out to me. That was a big deal. Because not everybody has that kind of athleticism. He literally stalled his body on a twist and then twisted the other way. It's like, just that's not that. just something – I mean, like, guys like Ricochet could do that shit, but, like, yeah, look at how they're using Ricochet. But what here's what I'm fuck, saying. Man? That guy's got to go, saying. too. Even guys like Ricochet, they're not doing it. You know? It, it, no, that's totally one of those true. spots that I just don't see, and it, that kind of is weird. I did I did note that botch, and it was crazy only because you really don't know AJ botches. Like, how many of them do you really see? Not many at all. Uh, yeah. Like, not a whole ton. He doesn't make any very many botchamania appearances. But he's like four years deep in the business at this point, guys. Right. No. Yeah. Totally. Now, I'm not. I'm not talking shit. I'm saying it's just a very rare thing. Bobcat, old David Young's valet, turns yeah. out former WWF Hardcore Champion, registered as one of Godfather's hosts. Yeah. Oh, so that's that's Ho. She's Who's one of them. Oh, that's okay. Ho from not No Mercy? Yeah, that's, that's, that's Ho yeah. from No Mercy. Not, not I feel like that is Ho from No Mercy. Not it looks exactly like her now that I think about it. Is it yeah, not? The same, the same good of a I think toe. it probably is. All right, wow. So we got right, David got, Young, I mean, look, David Young and Ho no. from No Mercy yeah. versus, oh, guys, if you ever listen to, if you ever get a chance to dive deep in the archives, season one, KFA comparisons, me and the KG cast Lush when we first kicked off this show. One of our very first pop culture episodes is about video games, the best wrestling video game of all time. Number one was No Mercy. So it, we course. talked in depth about the hoe and her like her we whole reverse do, DDT we thing. We got to do some watch along fucking No Mercy competition. Oh shit, shit dude! We should just do some commentary all, all, just to let we you should know. just do like you know what we should do? We should take turns. Like it'd be me and Wex, and like you just do commentary. It'd be like you and Wex playing, and I'll just do commentary, and we just like own, literally my, do. I got my own good controller with that nice oh, stick right there. I got that translucent black one. Oh yeah, I, you know you know which one. I still got mine too. It's, it's, I'm just oh, saying. I promise there, you will sure. you will all bow to me. Just that like thumb stick right there. Dude, see how many specials I'm gonna hit? <laughs> that thumbs. Oh. God. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's anyway, the kind of sound. That's the kind of sound that you don't even have to see. That's right. The I thought that that Styles Clash from the second rope was. I, I you could see him trying to hook the legs a little, yeah. and then and get it fought against. Yeah. And they pulled it off. The crowd, I'm sure, didn't care. But knowing what we know now, when I looked at it, I was like, ah, that was kind of shitty. It was, yeah, but it was still fucking thing. cool. It yeah. worked. Turned Honestly, around. to me, it was like, oh, that's kind of dangerous. Like, if you don't have the legs there, that's kind of dangerous. But Right. It was definitely, without a doubt, the best match on the show up to this point at all. I gave it, I only gave it three beers, though, because I still felt like there was just so much kind of wacky with it that it wasn't quite there. Yeah, I'm a solid four and a half years on this one for sure. I thought the match was absolutely great. I did like, I mean, honestly, to me, so there's certain times when you see stutter steps, especially when you're like a diehard mark and you and you see them and then you see them recover from them really well and quickly. And that almost is better because then it's like, you you know, it's almost like it's almost like uh, an unspoken thing. It's like, well, we've, you know, like we are so all so, so, so obsessed with the product that we watch it and study it constantly. We break down wrestlers. We talk about this on a podcast. So it's like when you can see these guys make missteps and before they become botches, they just fix them and recover. And then there's a couple of little things that happen and then you can see where they get back on track. And it's like, I don't know, to me, it's like it's just amazing to see. Those moments almost make it better. It's like I'm almost I'm almost grateful that they did have those quote unquote missteps because then it showed me how great of workers they really were in a live setting as opposed to just seeing it the way they had intentionally tried to do it. Overall, I absolutely love the match. I think David's Spinebuster is sadly underrated because it was beautiful. Was I great. mean, like super crispy. Yeah. Um, yeah, great worker, David Young too, guys. You know, like. If you get a chance, just go look up David Young. Anything that he did in TNA was really good. He's an underrated wrestler for sure. Go check it out. Five solid <laughs> views for me on this one. I was a big fan. Let's jump back on over to here to TLC this past weekend, though. The next match on the card uh, is going to be Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns to the WWE Universal Championship, also in a TLC match. Before we had the match, though, it was a nice little exchange, a backstage promo here with Zayn and E. It was also nice kind of getting truth in there, too. He added a little bit of comedy, but he left at the right moment to turn it serious. And I thought that was that was kind of decent. Uh, and then the package for KO and Reigns, I made note, was actually the best like production package on the entire show, in my opinion. Uh, Wex, what did you think about this one? Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. I mean, it was a goddamn brutal car crash. Like yeah. It was just... Yeah, they just brutalized each other, and like, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed every minute of it. Just yeah. every spot, I love how just KO that, yeah. just kept kept coming back, just from everything. Just, I really loved how he was just like the way he was just selling that, like in the what they that I uh, clearly they were trying to tell the story that just he's gonna keep coming back from like whatever. And I legit thought he was gonna win for a second. Like I was like, they had me. Like, and they usually you know WWE usually doesn't get me that much, but they had me for a minute. And I was yeah. Like, they might do it, and I was like, "Come on, they should like let them do it and like either lose it back the next week on TV or something, like or just do something." But the interfer the interference from Jay was great, and I absolutely love the finish, the, the cock punch. That's the perfect heel move. Everyone loves yeah. a good cock punch. I always loves it. And he's got any, and, he, and I love how he's got his golden jerk off glove for his cock punch, like, <laughs> and the choke on the like the lat. Uh, it was great, great ending. I love the match. Probably my favorite one on the whole card. I'm gonna go five beers. 
Ooh, nice. Solid five beers on that one. I'm pretty close with you. I'm four and a half beers on this one for me. Uh, dude, uh, this is good shit, pal. I wrote that down in my best <laughs> Vince McMahon voice. Like, shit. Roman Reigns is on fire right now. He really is as a character. I think this is his best character work, period, as an individual character. To me, this is really the first time he's been separated from his S.H.I.E.L.D. persona. The reason why I honestly don't feel like the uh, original Roman Reigns character really took off, even though they pushed him to the moon, was because he was really just the same guy from the Shield without the other Shield guys. Exactly. He kept his exact same persona without him being, you know, not just the Shield Roman Reigns. And now I think he's a unique character, and I think he's, dude, every moment that he has on camera that's not in a match, I think is gold. And it's it, he's one of those wrestlers that. You know, and, and these days we we do care more about the in-ring product, which is great. I mean, I care, I do want the matches to be great, but I feel like Roman Reigns has that old-school, you know, true WWE star type thing, and I think Owens does too. And I think that he kind of showed that he's still clearly hungry in this match. Like, you know, Owens has kind of been in a state of flux. You know, we've we've heard the rumors about him wanting to go back to NXT, and this match to me, I feel like kind of. I feel like he was working extra hard to kind of show to Vince and everybody else that like, yo, I belong at the top of the food chain. I should be here. And and I, I think he pulled it off. I think the match was phenomenal. It served its purpose. Good for booking. I, it's, it's one of those rare angles that I feel like this is really good. I think that what they're doing with Owens and Reigns is really good. I hope that it continues to go that way. Five beers for me too. Jesse, where are you at on it? I think despite the fact that the buildup wasn't, necessarily as long as it could have been for something this substantial to both guys. This is the best use of both guys that the company has ever had. And the match, yes, was brutal. It was well done. You had everybody fucking completely and totally going out there. The control of the environment thought process during this match, I thought was very integral to how it went. I really loved Heyman's facials on the entrance if you watch as he's coming down, he looks like he's scared of all the ladders and all the chairs and everything while he's walking behind Roman Reigns. He's literally yeah. just like he's heal like you know, like yeah. fear healing out to all that Skittish. stuff. And immediately Kevin coming out of the fucking gate with the ambush. Oh yeah. He's involving Heyman in all of his spots and all of his movements at the beginning of that match, which I thought was beyond genius because obviously it creates this tension where you just assume that Heyman's going to interfere. And obviously when Jay comes in, it's a different story. Um, I really thought the match was a really well done, kind of the opposite of the other TLC match on the card. Which yeah. Was smart. Yeah. Yes. They, they didn't do a rector set spot still, but they did do a lot of car crash spots. There was a lot of brutality. It was a much yeah. more physically intense match. And it made sense that it was that way for this particular thing, when you're talking about family versus family and that whole paradigm. But I just, I, I thought the finish was good. I thought the whole thing was good. I thought the whole like foot gimmick on Jay was great to try and wash him out of the match and oh, yeah. all that out. You know, there was, there was, there was a lot of it that was really, really, really well done. I like the idea of enforcing Roman Reigns as a heel being that he had all this help and still almost didn't almost. make it happen. Yeah, almost lasted, and yeah. I don't know. It was really great. I'm I'm at exactly at five beers. So we all agree. Wow, 
Wow. There should be, there should be some kind of like sound. Wow, we should write this down. We should write this down. <laughs> Jesse Baker gave five beers to a Roman Reigns match? Couldn't write it down. It may not ever happen again. Guys, but. like, I think this is the highest, since we've been doing this as a crew at least, this is the highest we've rated the WWE show, period. Yeah. I think, are we, are we saying that the TLC was one of the best shows they put on all year? Yes. I um, have a really. I'd have a hard time not saying that. Yeah. And the thing is, it's and we it's didn't not, we didn't even see it coming, guys. It's not exactly the highest bar, but at the same time, I think a lot of I know for me personally, I don't religiously watch Raw and SmackDown, but I do tune in when I can, or I'll turn it on in the background when yeah. I can, yeah. and it's awful. <laughs> it's all really bad. So it was very much a surprise to me when I tuned into this show to be like actually entertained by it. Yeah, that's fair. Well, let's move on to the next match here on the NWA TNA card. Before we get there, though, we're going to talk about Joel Gertner, Woof. the stud muffin himself. Um, also, a very sweetheart of a guy. Um, delivered an epically awesome promo with the Rainbow Express. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Uh, and the match here is, is the Rainbow Express versus Jerry Lynn and AJ Styles for the NWA Tag Team Championship. Jesse, what did you think about like that whole promo and this match? I thought without any shadow of a doubt whatsoever, Joel Gertner delivered the 110% best promo of this of whole night. fucking yeah. show. 100%. And I, I, I without so question, this is, the, this is the best promo on the show. He absolutely crushed it. He kept people engaged. He stuck to his shtick, but he also kind of adapted a little bit. I thought it was just amazing. The The match in and of itself, <laughs> I was trying to come up with a funnier term for dickhead butts. But to be dickhead honest, dickhead butts? <laughs> there's not really a better term than dickhead butts. <laughs> when they're drop toe holding Bruce into oh, Lenny's dick or whatever. Dude. I'm yeah. like, there's not a funnier term than that. Like, what, huh. what do you? There's, there's dickhead butt. I got drop toe hold dick smash. <laughs> That's what I have written down. So maybe you might want to use that one. I don't know. I love the glorious emphasis on the hand kiss tags. I oh, think that's so nice. That's southern, you know, taking advantage of homophobia at its finest. In terms of. Yeah. 2002 Nashville Municipal Auditorium. Everybody's fucking just hey, mad. hey, hey, y'all. What a what do people hate the most? That 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 that's the kind of heels that we need to put out there. Yeah, 110. percent The uh, Lynn. I don't. This period of time, I'm not sure Jerry Lynn's ever looked better. All of his work was just so crisp, and there were a lot of spots that you're used to seeing, like his little transitional draping leg drop, you know, across the yeah. apron and whatnot. The that shit was just so much crisper than you're used to seeing. Every bit was just so fucking good. The hurricane brought us to the outside. All of that business was absolutely great. They, uh, Lenny Lane, much to my point earlier with his, which was way oversold by Mike Tanay on commentary, his tiger tamer. Oh yes. That's, I have that written <laughs> down too. The, ti- the, the tiger tamer. The tiger tamer. Yeah. Tanay really likes to oversell stuff on commentary. And, well, it is great. I wish today was still in wrestling, honestly. I fucking love his commentary. But there was this hellacious hot tag sequence where finally the the embattled AJ Styles comes back in and is finally ready. That is AJ Styles, yeah. To fucking come back in. And that hot tag sequence between everybody, everything picked up so hard after that. 
It, it wasn't like it was slow paced, but it was pretty, I mean, it was at a medium pace. It was fine. It was okay. But the crowd was like sort of hot and cold on it. The minute that that hot tag sequence happened, man, everybody was fucking rocking and rolling. You see some cradle pile drivers. You see everything that you wanted to see. Dude. And then you see this really botched spiral tap by AJ Styles. Dude, the spiral tap? Spiral tap is always a fucking awkward landing. I don't know when the last time you saw a crisp spiral tap was, but it's always I, a weird I feel landing. I like you saw somewhere the body landed on the body. In this case, it was like a fucking ankle landed on the dude's abdomen. It was re- it was pretty shit, but <laughs> they um yeah <laughs> they they got the three. It was great. I think that the match overall, all the way around, was really worked very well. I loved when they did the fireworks for the inaugural NWA TNA Tag Team Champion. Yeah, there's one post that failed. Yeah, fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This seems fitting. But, um, yeah, this was a four-beer match for me. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat, man. I'm in the same boat. I mean, four beers. There's not really much else to say. I mean, yeah, Jerry Lynn just was just at the height of his game. Uh, I mean, it was a solid tag match, though. I mean, there was definitely some clunkiness, and it ran a little longer than I think it should have. Uh, but I did certainly enjoy it. I mean, all the same points. I mean, again, like anytime I get to see a package pile driver and a spiral tap, whether sloppy or not, uh, I'll take it, especially considering, you know, we're still watching AJ Styles now, 15 years later, and he's still one of the best things on the card. Um, that's a testament to itself. But I mean, I'm right there with both of you. It was four beers. And honestly, everything that I wrote down, almost word for word, Jesse went over himself. Like, even like pyro for like like almost literally everything, but like you said, Jerry Lynn, like what? This was two thousand two, so but this was was this after his ECW run? Yes. ECW closed in two thousand one. Yeah, so like this was like right after that. He looked like 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 you said, he looked way better in this match than a lot of his ECW matches. Oh, and, for sure. And we were talking about his pal driver, like you know the AEW World Tag Team Titles. They have like a little guy doing that, and the Young Bucks chose that like. Because of Jerry Lynn, like it's a tribute to him. Oh wow, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought, and I just thought that was pretty cool because, like, when you, when I got to see him do it, I haven't seen like I haven't watched a match of his in a while. When I got to see him do it, I was like, oh shit, like it, it looks so fucking sick. Yeah. But yeah, four beers, like, I mean, that match, like anything with AJ Styles in it is gonna be fucking good, even if he does slightly yeah. botch spiral tap, like. Yeah. Two, those are the two best matches on the card, both of AJ Styles, for sure. If it weren't for those two matches, like, I don't know if the show would even even be worth watching for free. Well, and also, here's the other thing that's funny. Two of the best match, the two best matches on the card, AJ Styles for that particular card, and also one of the best matches on yeah. the fucking current card, AJ Styles. And the fact that those matches were back-to-back. Yeah. AJ Styles yeah. is a fucking beast. He... Like you could, and he looked like either he was selling like a motherfucker, or he was just visibly just like blown up and just tired and sore and just like fuck, I'm doing another one. No, totally. I mean, I completely agree. But let's jump on over here and talk about the actual main event on the WWE show. Uh, what goes bump in the night? Uh, it was kind of. I think there was maybe a throw to like their WWE 2K like video game thing. What they did with the uh, production package there. Um, but it was, I mean, I don't know. It was a cool little bumper for, uh, the Drew and Austin like interview. And I did watch some of that. I didn't finish it, but I did watch some of it and it was pretty good. Um, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say this, but Bray Wyatt is the best actor in professional wrestling. 
Uh, when it comes down to just delivering monologues as lines, like he's the best actor in pro wrestling, period. I think that he has some ridiculously great skills, and he's also pretty good bell to bell. Um, but then let's just go ahead and cover this this uh, Firefly Inferno match. Um, so they decide to not really have the fire when it starts out. They decide to use magic to start the fire later on after the bell had already rang, which it doesn't make sense to me to start with. Uh, and then the fire is actually where the crowd would normally be. It's not like a normal Inferno match, which that's fine. You know, they said it was a Firefly Funhouse, you know, Inferno match or whatever. So I expected it to be a little bit different. Um, man, like... I don't, I, this whole thing, like, it felt like a cinematic match that wasn't a cinematic match. Like, it felt like it was supposed to be cinematic, but they also wanted to do it in the Thunderdome and, like, make it a wrestling match, too. And it didn't really work well because, like, the rocking chair spot was so poorly edited and it was clearly, like, a pre-taped thing with, like, the red, like, flash, uh, the flash fuel that they used that just burns up and goes away as opposed to actually burning the chair was like obviously put on right when they edited from a different angle and i don't know man like i heard a lot of people loved it i thought it was trash like i was honestly this this main event is the worst thing on the entire show uh it it got it got one beer from me Uh, wex where you at on it yeah i thought it was really fucking weird i don't even really consider it a match honestly and the pre-match promo was probably, like, the little video package was better than the match itself overall. And this takes us back to a couple episodes back. This is Shades of Survivor Series 2000, straight up. It's The pay-per-view ended with someone being killed. Like, and there's no explanation. Are they dead? What happened? It it just fades to black. Like, it just totally took me back to that, like, to Austin putting Triple H in the car and just dropping him down. Like, I was like... kayfabe dead. So I was just like, what the fuck? Is he dead? Like, they don't they don't really say anything. And I'm only going to give it one beer because Bray Wyatt took an RKO while on fire. So that that was, I was I thought it was pretty fucking cool. Besides the whole Talk thing. Talk about a hot tag. Am exactly. I right? Yeah, or whatever. But yeah, that was a poor, like, these, like, the, like the chair spot. It was poor, like, I was just like, what the fuck did I just watch? I was like, <coughs> I was just, it, it fucking sucked. Well, I'm no, I know Jesse is going to absolutely love this and just really put it over. So, Jesse Baker, what did you think about it. this Firefly Inferno match? You know what's so funny about it, to be honest? I, I knew what you guys were going to think walking into this, and I I thought that I knew what I was going to think walking into this. I gave it three. What the fuck <laughs> is happening? Who? What? Okay. What bizarro know. universe are we in? My life is... I get it. I don't, I get I don't it, know anything. Nothing is real. Why. Here's why. So, there's one mitigating circumstance, which is this was not supposed to be the main event initially. They they were going to put it in the middle of the show, but they ended up moving it to the main event because they had to pre-tape it to get all the fire gimmicks done, yada, 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 fucking whatever. It's already another gimmick match in the middle of a gimmick pay-per-view that already had two gimmick matches where normally... They've been very good about if it's a TLC, you have if you have two two TLC matches, it's like a women's match and a men's match. If you have a hell in a cell, you have a women's match and a men's match. And here we had two men's matches. For what fucking reason? Like why like, you know, that kind of didn't really add up. So they added another gimmick into it, yada yada yada, fucking whatever. But 
They did do a really good job of telling the story on the thing. Orton and Wyatt had a fight. It was not a match. I don't consider this a wrestling match. I, I think it's a, you know, they considered it a fight or whatever. They made a lot of usage out of their production facility. They made a lot, they, like, they really made a lot of usage out of everything that was involved in it. I thought that the story that was told throughout the match, you gotta, you gotta think about this. If you think the Fiend character is even remotely viable, Obviously, that's like an Undertaker Kane level thing, right? Yeah. So it's not going to be logical. It's never been logical. So this guy has control over the environment so much that the first time that you see the fire is brought up by him. The first time that you see any of that shit is brought up by him. He kept control throughout the majority of the match and then eventually, you know, winds up getting burned by it and so on and so forth. I really didn't think that it was... I mean, it wasn't cool. There were no stakes. But I didn't think that it was terrible. Can you say this? Can you say it wasn't the best Inferno match in history? Because I think that it was. Yes. Oh, no. Absolutely not. What? Absolutely not. The one where Kane sticks his arm underneath the ring so somebody can fucking put a sleeve on him is the better one? Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is the better one. Yes, it is. (laughs) It is definitely the better one. I didn't think it was great, but I'm sitting here like, what the fuck? Is, what have we gotten out of the rest of the WWE pay-per-views? Honestly. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. Look I'm sitting right. here watching Randy Orton and fucking whatever weird hoodie retribution clothes that he's wearing up against <laughs> Bray Wyatt. And then they're setting each other on fire and shit. That's a better ending than anything WWE's done in recent fucking memory. Yeah, but if the know. goal is to set the other person on fire, why are you going to wear like pants and a hoodie? That's going to be more shit for them to set on fire. Wouldn't you want to rather wear, wear your trunks? Because you don't want your skin set on fire, dude. But you're going to oil, just wear your trunks and oil yourself up. and it's gonna be, <laughs> you know. Get that baby you're, oil vibe going on, baby. Dude, and if, you're, if your hair is as wet as Roman Reigns is when he comes out, then you're never going to catch on fire. <laughs> I will say one question, one, one question of mine legitimately was, how did the fucking dreads, when they were setting that shit, I don't know what they covered everybody in. But how do the dreads not get set on fire? I don't know. He must have yeah, just literally soaked them in funny. water. Yeah. Like, he must have just soaked them in water. I'm not sure. But, yeah. Either way, I did not think that it was the the worst end to a WWE pay-per-view that I've seen this year by a long shot. And I thought that it really, honestly, for what they did, the Gaga was accomplished very well. I felt like the control story was told, and no one... You watched the whole thing and you expected that Bray Wyatt was in control of the entire environment. He wasn't. Orton gets it at the end of it. Whatever. I don't know. It, it, to me, it was much better than it should have been. I mean, that's fair, I guess. Let's move on to the very last event here we have to cover. It's the main event here on an NWA TNA. Uh, before we get to the main event, though, we see Jim Miller and his fat ass strung out with FU on his stomach. <laughs> wow. Which is fucking hilarious. I'm gold dust thing? Really like, what? I mean, I wish he would have been, because it would have saved some of this catastrophe that was the finish of this fucking show. Um, I'm Every not going to forget I about Jim it. Miller, I, I, I mistake, like, at the beginning of the show, and here, and in all the other segments, I totally just kind of thought it was Prentice for a while. No, it's Jim which Miller. Which is funnier to imagine, 
Oh yeah, it's way right. funnier. Yeah, well, yeah. If you're actually if you live in Nashville, then you'll completely understand what we're saying. But if you don't, then you won't. But either way, it is very funny. <laughs> Oh, totally. So the next match here is K Crush and Jeff Jarrett versus Scott Hall and Brian Christopher. Uh, it made me a little sad to see Brian here. Um, I don't know. I just I'd met this dude at, like a handful of times, and he was always like a super super sweet guy and really funny in the locker room. Um, wasn't really much of a match to be honest. I mean, lots of brawling throughout the crowd. Uh, g- again, good to see Hall like semi sober and at least working well. A- absolutely the best right hand probably of all time in pro wrestling is Scott Hall. Like his punch is probably the best ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, when they did get in the ring, it was still, you know, not much continuity. Hall and truth is, you know, just, I don't know. It's, it's a weird pairing. Obviously they don't have a whole lot of hit like history or chemistry there. Um, you know, of, of course, Brian turns on Hall, uh, which made no sense at all after, you know, him literally beating the shit out of Jarrett, like the entire match. Uh, I don't know. It was it was poorly booked, poorly worked. It was just not a good match. Uh, a beer and a half for me for this entire thing. Jesse, where are you at on it? I felt like literally any other tag team pairing than the one they did would have made more sense in its own way. And to me, the most sensible one leading up to this angle would have been Jarrett and Christopher, only because we're from Tennessee. We know that they're obviously inexorably linked from Jerry Jarrett yeah. and Jerry Lawler. Yeah. The... The match in and of itself, dude, truth, that worked everybody. No surprise. Scott Hall did great work. He really did. But truth to me, obviously, you know, they're, again, they're putting the crown on this dude. They're putting him in a main event setting where he's against a whole lot of people who are not going to move as fast as he does. Like, that's, they knew that that is where they were moving. But it's very telling of the entire initial strategy of TNA to me in that their main event has no stakes, no belts, yeah. no shots, no yeah. contention. The only angle that plays into this at all is the race car driver angle, which commentary brings up, but is not brought up in the actual match by anybody being present. Yeah. The only thing that happens is Jarrett saying he had whooped the entire offensive line of the Titans ass or whatever, which I pop for that super. Yeah idea to get everybody hot but what are you doing moving forward with that you know right it's uh it it just not it's not great planning or whatever the match kind of blew many 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 dicks and it's just kind of i don't know it's weird i really hated how the commentary every team every time brian christopher went to the top he's got the goggles like (laughs) <laughs> WWE didn't even say that. That was never the thing. Was cool as a thing. That was never. It was just Mike Tanay yelling, "He's got the goggles," and I'm sitting here like, "Dude, you are the one who informed everyone about every cruiser rate and every move and every fucking scientific part of wrestling for so long, and now he's got the goggles." Yeah, who are you? What what happened? Not the deal. There was a really great sign of, "Hey yo, where did I put my beer?" Oh I yeah, that that was. I know he was showing the. He was showing the opposite side of the sign to the people, but the camera shot the backside of the sign. Yeah. That was kind of fun. Overall, man, you know, obviously this promotion was created by Jerry Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, Bob Ryder, so on and so forth. So Jeff is putting himself in the main event. 
much to its detriment. It's not fucking getting anything over. We're going back to 95 and 97, Jeff Jarrett, Scott Hall, fucking stupid shit. It, it just wasn't, there's nothing there. Yeah. I, you have star power, I guess, but at that point in time, Scott Hall, you also have to keep in mind, Scott Hall is four months away from his match with Stone Cold at WrestleMania. Holy shit. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Four months that makes off. perfect sense, though. And it's, you know, obviously WWE was like, nope, <laughs> we are done. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's down here in Nashville and uh, facing off against fucking Jeff Jarrett. And I don't know. It was, it, it was Detter and Kelsey's nuts. To me, it's two-beer match. Well, that's where you're at on it. I'm going to go ahead and have to go. I'm going to agree with him on the amount of beers. I'm going two beers just because it was so bad and bullshit that it was fun. Like, I honestly thought Scott Hall kind of looked like shit in this match. Like, I don't know if he was, he seemed, he was like, it's either everyone was moving really fast and, or he was just moving really slow and kind of like, he just didn't seem like he was quite all the way there. Maybe he was a little drunk. And Brian Christopher seemed like he was on some fucking powder. He was like, "Oh, dude, yeah, Yo, he was, yeah." He was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it, "He was like powdered up ninety times version of the too cool uh, Grandmaster Sexy." Like when he came out dancing and like, yeah, he was just so goddamn erratic. Yeah. I was like, everybody's just fucked up in this match off of something. Yep. Yeah, and like, they're all on different drugs too. It's like exactly, it's like a kaleidoscope <laughs> of drugs and pro wrestlers. It's almost like you're just turning the thing at Christmas. And you're seeing the red and the green and the white and the gold. <laughs> Somebody's selling roofies in the locker room. But uh, Scott oh, Hall, Scott Hall, literally, like when you did that little se- uh, sequence between him and K-Crush, or dude, like he did this one move where he like bent over and like, I don't know what he was supposed to be doing over his back, but it didn't look like an offensive maneuver at all. And then Scott Hall just kind of like fell. Oh, it just, it was the forearm thing. He, yeah. Like, it, I know what you're talking about. It looked like shit. I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? And after the match, like, he was really laying into Scott Hall and he hit, hit the trophy in the back of his head. Oh, like, yeah, no, he nailed the show. Was, like, yeah. brutal. I was just like, damn, like, he's really laying into him here. But like you said, I popped for that whole line. Like, I'm going to whoop the whole Titans offensive line's ass. Like, that was okay. great, hilarious. And then this one time in the match, the camera zoomed in right into Jeff Jarrett's lips as he was calling the spot for him to like hit him. Like they <laughs> zoomed where he was like, hit me. And then do <laughs> the punch. And I was like, hit me. that was a terrible fucking time to zoom in the camera. But because it was such a fun, bad, like, you know, it's like a bad horror movie. It's so bad that it's good. It was just kind of like that. Like I just give it two beers just because I was entertained, but not for the right reasons. No, I totally hear you on that, man. Well, I think that, if I had to choose, um, you know, one show or the other, I think that WWE TLC 2020, this current pay-per-view, surprisingly, overall, I think was actually a pretty decent one. I think it's one of the better ones that we've rated, especially for the main roster. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give this kayfabe comparison to TLC. Jesse, where are you on it? I never would have thought that I would rate a WWE 2020 pay-per-view above anything. And I, I am here, and to be honest, it is not just because... This NWA TNA show sucks so bad. It's because the WWE show actually really, truly was, was yeah. well. It was well thought out. It was yeah. it was done well. It was good stuff. So that's where I'm going to. Wex, take us all, man. Me, 
you guys see it's obvious the writing's on the wall here. I'm clearly going to go with TLC. I mean, and besides the main event, every single match I rated at least halfway or higher. Yeah. Like, yeah. Every single match. Was great. Like, yeah. I can't say, like, can't say enough good things. Like, and honestly, besides, I think this, and like, there was another pay per view earlier this year, WWE, that were pretty good, but like, this has been one of the better ones they put on all year. Like, it's definitely better than WrestleMania. Like, I didn't even. Didn't even watch all of WrestleMania. I watched a few matches here or there. Like, this is a real like. I like it when it's short and sweet with like good matches. It's kind of like that NXT yeah. format they do with the yeah. takeovers. Like four yeah. to five matches that are just fucking yeah. solid. Like it almost felt like a takeover. Over. Yeah, yeah, it almost felt like a takeover. I agree, but man. I think that this Triple one. Triple H had something to do with booking this one. Maybe I hope so. I hope he just gets the reins from now on. No pun intended. Sure. Uh, uh, yeah, I hope that really works out. But you know what, guys. This has been a really weird season two of Kayfabe Comparisons, man. We like we had season one two years ago, and then me and Cass kind of started season two, and now we've kind of ended here with the Kayfabe crew. But I can tell you right now that the evolution of the show is going to keep going and keep going and keep going. We have a lot of really cool stuff, uh, hopefully for 2021. Everyone is hopeful for the new year, and we are too. Season three is going to be coming at you next week. Uh, and actually, it's going to be it, it's kind of like season three and also like the season two finale. It's going to be the year in review. We're going to talk about everything 2020. So we're going to start with when they were still having shows and there were still people there. The Royal Rumble from 2020 uh, was a monumental show. I mean, there was a lot of huge comebacks at that show. Uh, this year in wrestling would have been very, very different despite a pandemic. Uh, and we'll probably talk a little bit about, you know, our society, too, and what we've experienced during this whole weird year. Uh, but we're going to wrap up season two. And then the following week um, is going to be the first real episode of season three. We're going to be changing uh, some sounds, changing our vibe a little bit uh, and trying to get a little bit more professional for our new listeners. We're going to make sure things are a little bit more crisp and clean but thank you guys so much for joining us. Hopefully you guys are hyped for everything we have coming in Season 3 with more indie spotlights, with more uh, nostalgia throwbacks, maybe with some more watch-alongs coming. And of course, we're still going to be crushing all the new content from Impact and from, from AEW and from WWE. But I am Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, Jesse Baker. Where can people find you? Jesse Baker Nash on Twitter and Instagram, and then just regular old ass Jesse Baker on Facebook. Wex, where can people find you, bro? You can find your boy Wex on Facebook at Wex, W-E-X, and the last name L-E-Y, like Wexley, all one word, but it's separated because, you know, got to stay a little incognito when it comes to Facebook. And then also on Instagram, you can get me at Wex Breaking the Lawson. Or is it Wex? Yeah, Wex Breaking the Lawson. YouTube Wex Breaking the Lawson and Twitter Wex Breaking the because there's not enough characters for the full thing. But you guys Love know where it. I'm going with you it. You can always find me at kfabe.com. Please be sure to tweet the show. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. We always use nostalgia shows for this show. So if you give us a five-star review on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts and you leave a nostalgia show that is your favorite, we will be sure to cover it and shout you out. Leave us that five-star review. We want that follow. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week for our year in review, the wrap-up of season two. We're out. Peace. Allah, 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 Allah.